Parshas Vayakel Pekudei, the Shabbos Sanctuary. After the nation had begun to build the Mishkan, when the first Shabbos arrived, Moshe Rabbeinu made an announcement in the camp, and it was important enough that he didn't just call together the nation's elders and ask them to relay the message to the people. Vayakel Moshe et kol adat b'nei Yisroel. Moshe gathered together all of the people of the B'nai Yisroel, men and women, boys and girls. Everyone was called together to hear Moshe Rabbeinu speak. What did he say? It's the beginning of this week's Sedra. Vayomer alehem divarim asher Hashem. And he said to them, These are the matters that Hashem commanded you to do. Sheishis yomim ta'asem elocha, ubiyom ashvi. Yelachem Kodesh Shabbat, Shabbaton Lashem. Six days' work may be done, and the seventh day shall be for you a holiness of Shabbos Shabboson to Hashem. Shemos. It means that despite the fact that we're busy building the Mishkan, despite the fact that I've been saying, Vaasisa, Vaasisa, you should make this for the Mishkan, and you should make that for the Mishkan. All those instructions are only for the six days of the work week. Yom Rishun, very good. Build. Yom Sheini, Yom Shlishi, and so on. Keep up the good work of building the Mishkan. But when it comes to the seventh day of the week, Shabbos Shabbason, everything must come to a halt. At first glance, that seems quite puzzling. We're busy now with the tremendous achievement of building a home where the presence of Hashem is going to reside. Shouldn't everything else recede into the background of such a noble undertaking? No, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The seventh day should be a day of rest, a day of abstaining from work. Don't worry about the Mishkan that you're building for me now. The Shabbos is a Mishkan itself. It means that every seventh day, as the sun goes down, the Am Yisrael enters into a base Hamigdash, even more important than the Mishkan that was built in the wilderness. Now imagine that we had a base Hamigdash today, or that we were back in ancient times when the base Hamigdash stood on the Harabayas, and let's say you were Zoyche to come into the Azara. How would you enter into such a holy place? You wouldn't just waltz in. You would come in with great awe as if entering the palace of a mighty king. That's one of the reasons the Levium were stationed as guards around its walls to create that aura of holiness. When somebody tried to approach the Beis Hamikdash, the guards asked him, Are you Tameh? Did you go to the mikveh? Did you have Hazah if you were a Tameh mace? Nobody could just step inside. You had to pass an interrogation before you could walk into the precincts of the Beis Hamikdash, And therefore, when someone approached the Harabayas, he did it with the greatest trepidation. Now, when we enter Shabbos, it's exactly the same. HaKadosh Baruch Hu declares that the 24 hours of Shabbos is a Beis Hamikdash, Although it's not a sanctuary in space, you can't point at a specific spot over there is the Holy Shabbos. But it's a sanctuary in time. And it's not just a form of speech, a drush. We're actually entering a sanctuary. About the Shabbos we say, Vikidashto mikol hazmonim. 
Those hours of Shabbos are more holy than any other time of the year, even more than Ni'ilah on Yom Kippur. That's a Chiddush of the Torah. That time also possesses Kedusha. We're used to the idea of separating between different types of objects and different types of people. But the Torah declares that when it comes to time as well, some times are more Kaddush than others. To the untrained eye, it might appear like any other day. Shabbos has an evening and a morning and an afternoon, just like Tuesday does. But actually, there's a world of a difference. The Shabbos is a mikdash. And therefore, the first feeling when Shabbos comes is that you are entering a sanctuary. You need a certain frame of mind, a certain preparation of the thoughts before you come in to a time of holiness. You can't come into the Shabbos like you come into a Tuesday. That's the great principle we call hachana, preparation. You remember when HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe that there's going to be Matan Torah. He said, Be prepared for that day, Shabbos. Now, did he have to tell him that? Didn't Moshe know he should keep the appointment? What? Would Moshe be sleeping when the time came for Matan Torah? He'd be taking a walk in the park. Absolutely. He'd be on the spot, waiting there with the Am Yisroel. But it means that when a Kabbalah Satorah comes, it shouldn't be something that's sudden. In order to get the maximum benefit, or even any benefit, you must be prepared. You must be in a frame of mind for it. Hikon likrot elokecha Yisroel. Prepare yourselves to meet your God, O Israel, Amos. That's why on Friday, long before twilight comes, the loyal housewife is already making very big hachanas. She's shopping and cooking and baking and cleaning. She's very busy. And the man of the house, who is busy at the factory earning the money for all of that, as soon as he can, as early as his boss lets, He's already out the door of the factory, running to do the last-minute errands. Even when he comes in the door of the house, he's busy. At the very least, he rushes to bathe and to change his clothing, and the children too. In the Jewish home, all the children are helping out with the Shabbos preparations. We are all busy. All Jews are busy running on Erev Shabbos. Only that we're so busy running that we forget the most important ingredient. When the lady of the house is standing in the kitchen all day long on Thursday and Friday, preparing for Shabbos, so if she would leave out, let's say, the onions, so it will lack taste, maybe. But other things will taste good. If the potatoes are lacking, you can always enjoy the chicken. But there's one thing that if left out, then everything lacks taste. And that is the condiment of thought to remember that you are preparing now to enter the sanctuary of Shabbos. That's the way to get ready for Shabbos. You're standing making whatever you're making, doing whatever you're doing, and you're thinking, I can't just go into such a mikdash, such a sacred time without making preparations. Try to add that thought when you're shopping in the grocery. It won't cost you any extra money. Or when you're cleaning the house or taking a shower, look over Shabbos. Keep in mind that you're preparing to enter into the Mikdash of Shabbos. 
Think about it when you get dressed for Shabbos. Say, I'm putting on special big day Shabbos because Shabbos is a sanctuary. And for that sanctuary, we have to prepare with Shinoi Begodim, with a change of clothing. The Gemara Shabbos says, Minayin Shinoi Begodim Min HaToyrah. How do we know from the Torah that you must change your garments for Shabbos? So the Gemara doesn't bring a mere svara, an idea, that in honor of the Shabbos, it's more beautiful to wear fresh clothing. No. Our sages bring the pasuk of Upashat et begodov v'lovash begodim acherim. They bring a proof from the Kohen in the Beit HaMikdash. You hear that parallel? Just like a Kohen. Before he could enter the Mikdash, he had to change his clothing. The same is by us. Before we go into the Mikdash of Shabbos, we get dressed up in big day Shabbos. It's a remarkable teaching. On Erev Shabbos, we are all Kohanim preparing to enter a Beis HaMikdash. And finally, after all your preparations, Shabbos comes and now you're ready for it. As the sun begins to go down, you shouldn't let that moment go lost. As the thick clouds of night begin to roll up over the heavens and the stars begin to appear, you should imagine that clouds of Shabbos are now coming up over the horizon and enveloping the world. We're being surrounded by clouds of Kedusha. I say imagine, but it's actually the case. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is spreading a canopy of Kedusha all around us. That's why the first feeling when Shabbos comes, if you're prepared for it, is that you are entering a sanctuary. You tiptoe into the Shabbos. If you remember from the days of your youth, when you were sitting in the theater and somebody came in late, he walks on tiptoe. He doesn't want to disturb anyone in their holy pursuits of watching a movie. So he walks Behadaras Kodosh. So Lahavdil, Elaf Havdalas. That's how we enter the Shabbos. On tiptoe. I am not talking now about when you go into the synagogue. That's something else. We're talking now about the Kedusha of time. It means that even when you're walking down the street on King's Highway and the Friday sun is setting, you should feel like you're walking into the Mikdash. Don't look around at what all the ignorami, all the behemoths are doing. Don't look into the store windows. You're entering now the precincts of the Mikdash of Shabbos. You're tiptoeing because for the next 24 hours, you're walking through a Kedusha of time. That's why we say, Hilucha Tehei Benachas. We don't stride at a rapid pace. We walk with a slow gait on Shabbos. And that reminds us that we are Kohanim in the Beis HaMikdash who walked Ekev Betzad Agudol. They walked step by step because they stood in the presence of Hashem. Shabbos Hayom La Hashem means that we stand in the presence of Hashem on Shabbos and therefore we walk differently. Unless you're going to a mitzvah, like going to a Beis HaTfilah or going to hear the Drasha or to learn Torah. But otherwise, Shelo Hilucha Shel Shabbos, We don't walk on Shabbos the way we walk on the weekdays, because we're standing in the presence of the Shechina. Now you can better understand why, in the ancient times, Jews did not talk much on Shabbos. The Gemara Shabbos says that. 
When the sun went down on Friday evening, they stopped talking. There was a sage who had an elderly mother and she was talking. So he said, mother, he said, it's Shabbos. And she stopped immediately. She clammed up. You hear that? A person checked his tongue when he remembered it was Shabbos. On Shabbos they ate, drank, sang and studied Torah. And they were happy. Nothing more. Of course, they said good Shabbos. They were friendly to each other. But they didn't gab. They didn't talk devarim betalim. How could you gab in the base Hamikdash? In the ancient times when Shabbos came in, an awe fell upon the people. Very many people became different during the Shabbos. Even the Amharit, sometimes the most crude and ignorant person on Shabbos, he refused to tell an untruth. He refused to lie on the Shabbos. We have records of that. The Gemara Yerushalmi Demai tells us that on Shabbos, you can ask an Amharit about his produce. Did you separate a tenth from it? And you could rely on his word. During the week, you couldn't be sure. But on Shabbos, you could trust him. Because Amos Shabbos, Al Ha'ama'aretz, the fear of Shabbos, was on the Ama'aretz. You hear the old time Ama'aretz? Halavai! We should be an Ama'aretz like that. He was afraid to say a falsehood on Shabbos. We see how in the times gone, by the fear of Shabbos, was on the people. It's because they knew they were in a sanctuary. About the Beis Amigdash, it says, you should fear my sanctuary. And so the Am Yisrael feared the Shabbos. Anyone who learned even a little bit of Torah is familiar with the concept of Lamed Tes Melachas, the 39 forms of forbidden work on the Shabbos. It's forbidden under the penalty of death to plant or to plow or to gather or grind or winnow and so on. There are 39 forms of forbidden work, and each one has told us subdivisions with details that are almost endless. There's more than one Masechta to learn about Shabbos, but as many different scenarios you might encounter that are forbidden by the Torah, they all fall under the general heading of these 39 of us Malachas. Now, our sages found that number 39 to be curious. Such an odd number. Where does it come from? And so the Gemara tells us that the 39 Malachas of Shabbos have a parallel in the building of the Mishkan. When the Am Yisrael got busy fulfilling the command of Hashem to build the Mishkan, it was these 39 forms of work that were required to complete the job. And when Moshe Rabbeinu gathered the nation together in the beginning of the Sedra to teach them about the Mishkan of Shabbos, overriding the Mishkan of Hashem, it was these 39 malachas that he commanded them, al pi Hashem, to abstain from. But the question is, what's the connection between one and the other? Just because they abstained from 39 forms of work when they had to build the Mishkan, therefore, forever and ever, the 39 forms of work on the Mishkan are the models for the work that's forbidden on Shabbos? And the answer is that there is a big connection because the 39 Avos Malachas represent all the various forms of building, of creating in this world. And the Shoim Shabbos are making a demonstration to the world. All week long we are busy with working, creating. But on Shabbos we tell the world that we understand that it's all imagination. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the only creator. What is Shabbos after all? For what purpose is it? A Shabbos Shabboson, a day of seizing all our activities. The answer is that we're making a demonstration. 39 demonstrations that Vayechal Elokim Bayom HaShvi Hashem finished on the seventh day. Melachto Asher the work that he did. Vayishbot, and he stopped. Bayom it means that at the advent of the seventh day, he stopped. Subsequently, nothing came into being. On that day, he stopped all the work. Asher Bara Elokim Lasos, that he created to do. Now, this has been explained already, but I'll briefly touch on it again. Lasot, that he created to do, means Hashem created that everything from now on should do on its own. From now on, the world swings into action, and it looks like it's doing by itself. All the animals are busy reproducing. All the plants are busy reproducing. The water from the oceans turns into clouds and rain, and the river brings the water back to the oceans, and it starts all over again. Everything seems to be going by itself from now on, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't show himself anymore. We go into action too. We are doers, creators. That's what it seems like. And then we come to the sanctuary of Shabbos, and we give up all of our pursuits and take time to reflect. Is it really going by itself? Absolutely not. We go back to the Torah and read that Breshis Bara Elohim. The Shabbos reminds us of the fact that once there was no universe, there was just a great void. One big zero. Ein. Nothing. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu created everything out of nothing. But His word. Vayomer Elohim Yehi. But that's only the beginning of the story. Because the real lesson of Breshis is that the world is really nothing even today. If we had time, we could explain how every material in the world is really nothing. Wood is nothing, and iron is nothing. It's nothing but energy particles. It's only because the energy particles are arranged in different ways. They rotate around the nucleus of each atom in a different way. That's what makes gold different from iron. And iron is different from gas because of how the energy particles in the iron rotate around the nucleus in a different motion than in the gas. But fundamentally, gold and gas and iron are all one. They're all energy. The whole universe is nothing but movement, only that it's too small to see with our eyes. But if we would have a microscope big enough to let us see how the electrons are moving, we would see that all of matter is nothing but movement. And if we could get electrons to stop moving, the whole thing would collapse, not into dust. It would collapse into nothing at all. So the whole world is iron, even right now. The whole world is nothing except the word of Hashem. He gave the order. Get busy. And it happened. He told all the energy particles to come into existence and to start moving and vibrating and rotating and orbiting. And that's how all matter came into existence. That's one of the great principles of Shabbos. 
The world came into being from nothing at all. And even today there's nothing in the world except Dvar Hashem. The word of Hashem. Bidvar Hashem Shamaim Nasu. By the word of Hashem, everything was made. And if he would withdraw his word, if he would take back his will, everything would collapse into one great zero again. One great void of nothingness. That's one of the great principles we're expected to think about on Shabbos. Every Shabbos we affirm this great principle that even though it seems that nature is performing on its own, but really Hashem is still there. Everything we see is only a manifestation of his imagination. And just like he was originally controlling everything during the six days of creation, he's still pulling all the wires. It's like a man who is managing a puppet show. The whole world is nothing but a puppet. All of nature is acting only according to his orders. And that's what you're supposed to understand on Shabbos. We abstain because we want to remind ourselves that no matter what it looks like outside, everything is still being managed by Hashem absolutely no less than it was during the six days of creation. The 39 kinds of work that we don't do are a demonstration for Shabbos. 39 separate demonstrations that we don't do anything because He is doing everything. By the way, it's good to think about that on Shabbos. When you pass by the electric switch, if you could add a little thought, the reason that I'm not flipping that switch on is because I'm making a demonstration that Hashem is the Ba'ireh You can't do it every time. Okay. But a few times you could remember. Now the truth is, if you're doing it anyhow, by refraining from malacha, the mikdash of Shabbos is automatically erected. But there's a big difference in the quality of that building when you do it with intention, with thoughts of what you're trying to build. That's why when your fingers are itching to write something on Shabbos, let's say you have some chidushe toida, and you feel like taking a pen and writing it down, or when you feel your pockets Friday night before you leave the synagogue because you don't want to carry into the street, you should utilize those moments. Not that it's just usher. It's forbidden. Oh, no. It's much more than that. Add the thought into it. I'm not writing today or I'm not carrying in Rishus Arabim because today is dedicated to building the Shabbos. I can't be busy with Malacha now. I have a certain amount of time now. 24 hours when I have more important work to do. More important things to build. Whenever we come to an opportunity to refrain from work of Shabbos, if you'll add the thought that this is a demonstration that Hashem made the world out of nothing and that he's still creating the world, he's still in full control, you are building the Shabbos edifice in your mind. While we do not create anything on Shabbos that you can see, we're actually very busy building on Shabbos. We're building a Mishkan in our minds. The Shabbos mind. In one of the songs of Shabbos, we sing as follows. No wisdom for yourself. As it will be a crown upon your head. Nitzor mitzvah skidoshecha. Guard the command of your Holy One. 
Now the end of that stanza is an explanation of the first words. How will you know wisdom for yourself? How will you acquire the wisdom that will be a crown on your head in Oilem Haba? Shemor Shabbos Kodshecha. By keeping Shabbos properly. Now it doesn't mean merely to be a Shomer Shabbos. Of course, that in itself is extremely valuable, but that is not enough if you want to acquire a crown for yourself. A crown means das. The more das you acquire in this world, the more successful you are. Because according to the quality of that crown of das that you acquire in this world, that's how much you'll be able to enjoy the sight of the splendor of the Shekhinah. So if you gain a Torah mind, then you're prepared for happiness in the world to come. More Torah mind, more happiness. And Shabbos is one of the great opportunities to acquire Daaf in this world. What's the point of Shabbos? To eat chulat, to take a nap. That's good, but it's not the purpose. The point of Shabbos is to acquire a mind. And therefore, Shabbos is a time to think about Hashem. Everything is Hashem. That's the number one Shabbos thought. It's a stunning idea, which we must labor all our lives in order to gain a little bit of its impact. Whenever you see something in the world, you are only imagining. You're actually seeing the will of Hashem. That thought is the real achievement. More than going to the synagogue, more than the fresh clothing and the polished shoes. Now, isn't it a pity that people who are Shomer Shabbos don't think about that? If I look at you, I see Hashem. You are a manifestation of His will. You see the sky. You see a tree. It's nothing but a sign of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will. Try thinking that thought once in a while. There are no benches. There are no walls. There's no ceiling. It's only the Devar Hashem. If you can think for one minute straight about that, you know that this Shabbos, at least once in your life, you accomplish something on Shabbos. If you can think it more than once, you're a wise man. Let's say next Shabbos, you make it your business. You'll take out one minute and think that before it was iron. It was nothing. If you're able to think two minutes, let's say a minute Friday night and a minute Shabbos morning, even better, let's say at each su'uda, as you sit down one minute, the whole family is talking. They're happy. I hope you're also happy, but you're also thinking, I have to fulfill my function of Shabbos. Zechel ma'ase So while they're talking, they don't know what's going on in your head. You're thinking... Hashem made the world out of nothing. Yesh me'ayin. Ah, you fulfilled one of the great purposes of Shabbos now. And the more frequently you think about it, the more you're gaining a crown on your head. That's De'a chokma l'nafshecha. V'hikesel roshecha. Your thoughts become a crown of wisdom on your head as your mind becomes the Shabbos mind. I was once sitting in Masiftachai in Berlin in my office when someone knocked on my door. I opened up and standing there was a goy with a banjo on his back. I asked him how I could help him. 
and he tells me he wants to become a Jew and that someone gave him my name. I'm keeping Shabbos already, he says. I jumped up. Oh no, don't do that. It's dangerous to do such a thing if you're not a Jew yet. Okum sheshavas chayev misa. If a goy keeps Shabbos, he's liable to be killed. What should I do, he said. I told him that every Shabbos, at least once, he should turn on the electric switch. At least once to show that you're not keeping Shabbos. This halacha, you have to know, is another manifestation of what we said in the beginning of our talk, that Shabbos is a sanctuary. And the first rule of a sanctuary is that it's only for those who are permitted to come in. The Shabbos is not open for just anybody who wishes to enter at his own volition. It's like the Beis Hamikdash. You know, outside of the Beis Hamikdash, there were signs in Latin and in Greek that said, any Gentile who comes inside will be put to death. If the Kohanim would catch a Gentile in the forbidden precincts, they would take him outside of the Azara and break his head with Gizrei Eitzim, pieces of wood. They would break his head open. And the Roman government approved of that. Even the Romans understood that Gentiles have no right to trespass into the sanctuary. The same thing is if a goy wants to keep Shabbos. He's trespassing on holy ground. It's like someone who never went to medical school or he didn't pass the test and he wasn't licensed by the state. But he wants to practice medicine. So he puts out a shingle and he opens up shop. He's committed a crime. He'll be arrested for that. A goy is not licensed to keep Shabbos. And therefore, even today, a Gentile who tries to keep Shabbos is Chayef Misa. We don't do it, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu will take care of him. He has no right to pretend to this crown of glory, which was kept only for the Am Yisrael. And that brings us to another stupendous idea. It's the great Shabbos teaching that stands on the shoulders of the lessons of Breshis Bara Elohim, that everything in this world is being created right now by Hashem. The second teaching in Breshis, Bishvil Yisrael Shenikru Reishis, this world that Hashem is creating right now is being created for the Am Yisrael. Now, as queer as this sounds to American ears, and we have all American ears, the best of us have American ears. We must accustom ourselves to this thought because it's a teaching of the Torah. Whether you like the idea or not, get used to it because that's the rock bottom of Judaism. And therefore included in the Shabbos mind that we are building every Shabbos is the attitude that the world was created for a righteous nation. And it was our people who stepped forward and accepted that role. So we have two parts to Shabbos now. One part is the creation of the world out of nothing. That it's Hashem's word alone that causes the world to exist. And that whatever we see is only the Dvar Hashem concretized. Everything in His words, His will, crystallized into certain forms of matter and motion. Now that on its own is such a stupendous idea that we must spend Shabbos after Shabbos thinking about that. But we're learning now that Shabbos is not only a celebration of the creation of the world. Shabbos teaches us that we are the reason the universe came into being. There has to be a nation that will dedicate itself entirely to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the reason the universe came into being.
And that nation is us. We are forever chosen by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now let the nations of the world howl and let them shout. Let them ridicule. It doesn't mean a thing. They are nothing but waves that wash up on the beach and then recede. The beach always remains. And they can't complain. They have the opportunity if they wish. The doors are always open for them to take on the responsibility of what Shabbos entails. But if they don't enter the covenant of my people, Hashem says, then the Beis HaMikdash of Shabbos remains off limits to them. Not only is it off limits for a Gentile, it's dangerous for him. For a Goy, leisure is dangerous. The best thing for a Goy is to be busy. A Goy at work is a decent person. Only when he stops work in the evening and he's sitting on his steps, that's when you have to watch out for him. Look what happened when Saturday became a day off. More Goyim are killed on the roads on Saturday than any other day. More Goyim shoot each other on Shabbos than any other day. Most crime between Gentiles takes place on the weekends. In the restaurants, they get together and shoot each other. They knife each other at parties. When you see three ambulances racing down the street, one after another on a Sunday, you know that it's the end of a Puerto Rican wedding. And therefore, Hashem said to Gentiles, Don't keep Shabbos. Yom Valayla. They should never stop. Not only the big Gentiles. All their children should go to work too. Instead of going to school, they should get jobs in the factories. The school gives them only narcotics and vandalism and promiscuity. Every kind of evil they learn in the public schools. It would be a blessing if all the children went to work at an early age. Like in Mexico. All the children in Mexico work. And they're decent boys and girls because of that. What happens? They come to America. They cross the border. And they become criminals. They go to school. And they're ruined by the Americans. That's one reason why the Shabbos sanctuary is off limits. A seven-day work week. That's the biggest blessing for the Umas Ha'olam. And so when Shabbos comes, the whole world is working. Nature is working. The Gentiles are working, at least they should be. But the Bnei Yisrael, the ones who understand that Shabbos is a mikdash, we are relieved of any work. It's a great privilege. But it's a great responsibility too. Because Shabbos doesn't mean we sit back and do nothing. It doesn't mean you put on your pajamas and climb into bed for the Shabbos. We are free from work. Because our purpose on Shabbos is to use our minds. Shabbos is a day of knowing. Shabbos is a day when you are not hustling, when you're not rushed, and you have an opportunity to think a little bit. And so we enter the Beis Hamikdash and we regale ourselves with Oneg Shabbos, so we're in a good mood too. We're happy, and we have no mundane duties to perform. We are entirely at leisure. And that means this day now is capable of being devoted to your name, Hashem. Shabbos Hayom Lashem. That's the ideal of Shabbos. I know it may seem somewhat burdensome to people who like only to enjoy themselves on Shabbos. They don't want to be busy building the Shabbos mind. But that's what Shabbos really is. 
That's how a Jew celebrates the Shabbos. The most important of all the functions of Shabbos is creating the Torah mind. Whatever you'll do is worthwhile, even if you'll reflect on Shabbos for a moment between the courses while your wife is bringing in the next course. It's also worthwhile. And the more you're able to utilize the Shabbos, the greater you become. And as you're sitting there thinking, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends His blessings on you. And of all the blessings of Shabbos, the greatest is the success in improving one's mind by adding the noble thoughts that cause the Jew to live successfully in this world. There's nothing like thinking on Shabbos. Even if you have one minute to add to your store of understanding, jump at it. No wisdom for yourself. No wisdom. It's for yourself. Wisdom is the one form of property that you will own forever. All of those Shabbos thoughts become crowns on your head. Someday it will turn into a real crown. A crown of splendor. You'll sit in Gan Eden one day at that great eternal banquet and the crown of wisdom that you gained in this world by thinking on Shabbos will be upon your head forever and ever. That's the great success of the one who knows that Shabbos is a Beis HaMegdash. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's get practical. This year, transform your Shabbases. Since Shabbos is a mikdash of time, from now on I'm going to treat it like I'm entering into a Beis HaMikdash. On Erev Shabbos, as I'm doing something to prepare for Shabbos, I will say to myself, I'm doing so-and-so because I have to go into the Beis HaMikdash of Shabbos with the proper frame of mind. And on Shabbos itself, by every Suda, I will stop for half a minute to think about how Hashem created the world out of nothing and how He's continuing to create it every second for His chosen nation.